Hello and welcome to Wine Splending DTSP. We are coming to you live from beautiful downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm Heidi, one third of Wine Splending, along with Tara. And I'm Courtney. And the three of us were all students of wine, studying in our own ways, some for a long period of time, some for a short period of time. And when we found each other, we realized it goes a lot better when we combine forces. <laughs> So come and join Wine Splaining DTSP as we taste the world and St. Petersburg and learn all about wine. So welcome to this week's episode of Wine Splaining DTSP. We are very, very excited to have a serious boss babe in the house. <laughs> uh, she is an entrepreneur. She's the owner of Mermosa Winery and Boutique. Um, she is the go-to person to properly be fitted for swimwear, and she also runs a mermaid squad. So <laughs> very happy to have Desiree Noisette in the building and joining us. Yay. Thank you for having me. Thanks sure. for coming. Yay. I'm sorry, I'm going to applaud. Better than fake sound effects. <laughs> exactly. And we're all sipping on some mermosa and merseco, which we'll get into a little bit later. So, okay, Desiree, you call yourself a recovering lawyer, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. God, I love that. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so I had this uh, fantasy of being a lawyer for my entire life, but then when I actually got into practicing, I realized that I didn't enjoy arguing or thinking about arguing all the time. And after five years of practicing, I was ready to try something new, and I didn't have anybody to tell me no. So when the idea of a swimwear store to help real women feel good about themselves, um, you know, came up in just a margarita-filled night over at Red Mesa Cantina. Um, <laughs> Those never happen. <laughs> that never happens. That's where the best ideas <laughs> It's true, it's mm -hmm. true. And um, next thing you know, I'm on, you know, LoopNet looking for real estate and writing a business plan and I quit my job five months later and started Cerulean Blue and we were we're in the same spot where Mermosa is now we just kind of changed our concept when we came out with wine um, but yeah we're a swim and resort wear store and we help real women find suits for their bodies and feel good about themselves and we want to make it like a party and well, it is so how <laughs> long has wine been like a part of your life and when did you decide you wanted to add it to the store we started serving wine in the store just to make it a more fun experience probably um, a couple months after we opened mm -hmm. and certainly in our in our grand opening we had we went through several cases of wine um, <laughs> thanks to <laughs> thanks to my my um, broker who at the time owned Reno uh, Reno's over at the pier oh, yeah. Oh, um, Johnny Reno. Johnny Reno. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he brought over a couple of cases as a, a welcome, you know, welcome present. And we, you know, drank that. And it was fun. I love how it's so, neighborly St. Peter's. Very neighborly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So it, it kind of became part of our fabric. And uh, I'd say probably three years ago, we started doing sparkling wines more often than um, you know reds I couldn't give red wines away it's too hot in Florida yeah. white wines was kind of was our go-to mm -hmm. um, but we started doing more bubbly wines and we started doing you know mimosas mm -hmm. with the you'd have your pineapple juice and on our shopping counter we'd have our pineapple juice creating all this condensation and then our wine bottles creating all this condensation and 
um, you know, it was a, it was kind of a mess because you've got tissue paper with your when you're wrapping up clothing and you don't want to get anything wet. So um, I started getting pre-mixed wines from the grocery store, and they were pretty disgusting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I was like, "That's it. We're gonna make our own." And Mermosa. That's when Mermosa was born. What a great idea. <laughs> I just, I mean, first of all, the idea of having wine while you're bathing suit shopping, I can tell you I'd buy a lot more bathing oh, suits. Oh, absolutely. If <laughs> it someone makes was sense. feeding me wine it while does I was make doing sense. it. Um, that's such a hard thing for a lot of women to absolutely. do. Yeah, talk about the most nerve-wracking experience most yes. of us have. Yeah. I don't think it matters what size you are either. It I mean, doesn't. It's, it's never fun. It, it isn't. Yeah. And I have fit beauty queens to women, you know, size 24 and, and up. And everybody has something that they want to do differently or, or don't want to show or, you know, everybody has something to say about their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so we try to, um, Guess know, distract. wine to make we you We try little to dis- distract a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we make it a very personal experience and share about ourselves and things that we've struggled with with our sh- swimwear shopping and, and just all of the challenges that go into a woman's, a woman's body over time, you know. Yeah. Things happen and things fall. Things <laughs> change. That's stretch. True. They stretch. They fall. They. <laughs> and it's so hard to find a swimsuit that's the same size on the like. Hard, oh, oh, it's the same size on the top and the bottom. I'm pretty I sure nobody. A mannequin. Nobody. A mannequin. <laughs> a mannequin? Yeah. yeah. I have very very few women come in and just say, "I'll just take." that and that without trying it on. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably something that's kept us in business so long, yeah. considering the internet revolution, is that, yeah. you know, in general, women still want to try on their bathing suits. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't yeah. imagine buying one online without trying it well, on. Well, I did for a number of years, because my body has changed in ways that I wasn't very comfortable with, and it was just you could easier. Do, you could do it in your like, home. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, before I would just go bathing suit shopping at, like, I don't know, Target. Right, so I can afford it, or TJ Maxx, or whatever. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, but they're not as cute as I would like, especially with the size I am now. And so I just did online, and I was never really satisfied. So I have to tell you, and Desiree didn't know because you weren't there, but I did buy one of your bathing suits uh, a month ago, right before I went up went up north. Oh, really? And it's probably the first time in five years I've like gone into a shop, tried on a suit, <laughs> and bought it, and um, definitely high quality. You know, Great. it's like Good. when we were talking about Pinot Noir, how that extra little bit yes, just makes the world a difference. It totally does. Like buying above <laughs> Target level and <laughs> DJ Maxx makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't show my boyfriend the receipt, but when he doesn't know, he doesn't need to know. Doesn't so, yeah. well, you know, the, the, the thing about swimwear is the fabric and the fit makes a world of difference. The fabric is the most expensive part. Mm-hmm. And constructing a bathing suit is so difficult. Um, you know, the, the I probably know the brand that you bought, Tara Grinna. I'm guessing. I honestly don't know if I ever checked the tag. It was just, that was the one that looked nicest on me, I thought. Yeah. But um, it was this royal blue color. Yep. Yep. That's hers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so her fabrics are from Italy. She is a a genius when it comes to design. She's been a a custom swimmer designer for like almost 30 years now. It's the best high cut bottom I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you think high cut bottoms would, you know, work for me and they just don't actually. But that one did. I awesome. don't know what it was about it, but it actually just yeah 
hit all the right measurement points it was supposed to. So <laughs> that's great. Good. I'm glad you had a good experience. And I know it costs a little bit more money, but it lasts mm -hmm. and it fits well and it does yeah. all the things it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was worth it. It was an investment to feel better on the beach. And I did. Good. And that was what Good. I wanted. That's what it, yeah, that is worth <laughs> and the experience. And you get some bubbles when you're I did. Shopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was, I was kind of in a rush that day, so I didn't get wine that time. Oh, next time you come. But out. I also knew that I had Heidi in my pocket. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll get there. <laughs> I also love that you, like Heidi, introduced you as a boss babe. Like, so Thank few you. people in the world would say, Hey, this wine's crap. I'm gonna make my own. It's so cool that you did that. I mean, I think we've all been there with with something in our lives where we're like, oh, I bet I could do better than this. But so few people actually do it. Yeah, can you tell How does that happen? Yeah. Like um, the process of you decided that you can do it better. Where did you start? <laughs> like the how a, of that. <laughs> that's a really good question. So. My friend was doing my hair in my kitchen, and I had a bottle of this pre-mixed Bellini mm -hmm. that we had been serving at the shop, and I was like, well, I'm going to make it like spa day. I guess I was, um, I'm trying to remember in what stage of pregnancy I was, or post-pregnancy, I can't really remember. I was either nursing my baby, my, my baby, or I was like about to get pregnant again, so in, in between. <laughs> anyway, so I had like the bubbles, and I didn't really go out and have time to go to a, you know, a spa or salon or something, my hair done. So my, yeah, my friend was over, popped that bottle of the Bellini and I was drinking. I was like, this is just too sweet. I cannot stand it. And I said, you know what? When I mix my drinks, my, my mimosas, I just add a splash. We always get like this organic juice and I add a splash so it's not too sweet. And if I was a mermaid, it would be a mermosa. And then, and then, it was all down. It was all downhill from there. So then, the trademark was available. The website, you know, domain was available. I called my brother and I said, "Hey, I have this idea. What do you think about it?" And he was like, "That sounds great. Um, I want to give you some money for it, and you know, I, I want to invest. And let's talk about distribution." Nice. And so that was kind of like a a big step for me because my brother's a very good. Um, I don't want to call him a negative Nelly, but he's definitely. Let's just say the cynicism is strong. <laughs> yes, the, and he he is a savant. He reads everything, and so um, just have it. He's a trusted resource for me, and so having him say like, "I think that's a good idea," that made me decide like, "Okay, I need to actually take this seriously." I come up with ideas all the time, and like most of them are terrible. Most of them are crap, um, but that one seemed to have some traction. So um, my brother-in-law used to work on a vineyard in New Zealand for oh. a little bit and uh, I don't know for several months and so he was in town shortly after and I told him hey this is what I'm thinking about doing like I like organic wines and I want some organic bubbly and I just want to add a little bit of organic juice in there and bottle it is that possible and he's he gave me kind of the history of how sparkling wine is made and you know all of all of these things that I didn't even know and it set me down this path of um just picking up the phone and calling winemakers and I realized that so you know, just cold call oh yeah winemakers mm. I just cold call that's ballsy yeah, that's amazing cool. <laughs> and I said, damn <laughs> I said hey do you have any extra <laughs> Can you can you send me some samples? So who did like you don't have to like drop names, but like 
where were the location of these winemakers that you called? I started in California. Okay. And that, I'll say the, the winemakers were, in the beginning, they were very helpful. Of course, they just wanted to give me some bulk wine, but then when they would learn that I wanted to blend it with, you know, with fruit juice, oh, then it was just a, a downhill, yeah. you know, <laughs> things moved downhill very quickly. And I realized that region probably isn't receptive. You know, I think, and, and you know, to be fair, they've worked really hard to, to create this wine. And here I am adding fruit juice to mm-hmm. it. And, you know, it's kind of a bastardization in some of their, in some of their minds. So um, California wasn't very receptive, but Oregon and Washington state were extremely receptive and they thought mm-hmm. it was an exciting project, winemakers out there. So I made a great phone call to um, a bottling guy in Oregon because I realized the bottling was going to be a really big component of making this a feasible project. Um, so I called this bottling guy. He had just started a bottling line. And he's like, you know what? I think I know somebody that would be interested in helping you out. I'll be over there like later next week. I'll ask him. And that guy wasn't interested. He's like, but I know someone else that I think would be interested. So he kind of, as he was going around doing his work, he would tell people about this project. There's this lady down this lady, in Florida. Yeah, this, crazy, <laughs> this crazy woman in Florida that has this idea. And that's how I got connected with our winemaker out in Oregon, who's been an incredible resource between our bottling expert, who's also a very well-respected winemaker in Oregon that I did I did not know this when I picked up the phone to call him, <laughs> <laughs> which was <laughs> really dumb. Um, but between uh, Joe and Andreas, our winemaker, um, I have like <laughs> almost 80 years of experience in winemaking, wow. helping wow. Them, yeah, create our product line, and um, it wouldn't have happened without without them um, being open to experimenting, mm-hmm. and um, you know. There, there were definitely some exciting days when it came to came closer to our first bottling date. Uh, machines broke, uh, things got gunked up with the fruit juice, you know, slime, and just all kinds of uh, moving parts to make it happen. And if I didn't have them on the team, I don't think our first run would have happened. Were you all. there for the I was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had, there were many things that you make decisions on at the very last moment when it comes to the type of bottling that we did that would impact the flavor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even just the carbonation level that we, you know, decided to, to put in changes the flavor. So, so um, did you know about it? wine before this process or I knew about you... drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's where yeah, most people start. Yeah. <laughs> most of us start. I would, but I know I wouldn't call myself a connoisseur or, um, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that enjoys I enjoy wine, (laughs) and it's like, I know it when I see it, I know it when I taste it, I know what I like, and I feel like I have a decent, a decent palate, Um, and I I also left out the part about our, like, 300 taste tests that we did before. (laughs) Well, jump into that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we had, um, so my first trip out to Oregon, when I met um, Joe, our bottler, and Andreas and all of that. Joe um, had us over to his house, and he said, "Hey, this is where I create all of my my formulas. I just do it in my kitchen." And I'm like, "Who's this crazy guy inviting us over?" So my husband and I go over to his house, and and then we find out, oh, Joe Dobbs, Dobbs Family Estate, like it's the second largest vineyard and winery in Oregon. <laughs> this is some serious wow. stuff. He was so 
helpful. He showed us how to set up a little lab. My, my um, husband happens to be a, an engineer, so he's not afraid of, um, you know, working with test tubes and all these things. So we set up a lab there. We started a taste test process there and went through a couple different things that didn't really work out. So then when we came back to Florida, we set one up at our house and we would come up with different formulas. And then once they passed our like taste test, then I'd take them into the shop and have my staff try them. And then, you know, I couldn't have them try too much because they get too drunk. So then <laughs> once they there were some formulas that they liked, then I would open it up to the public and I'd say, hey, anybody that's in the shop, try this, tell me what you like about it, tell me what you don't like about it, and they'd kind of pick A or B, and then, okay, so we tweak that, and then we t- it's like an eyeglass test, but we did that over several months, I'd say probably like four, four months or so, and we actually had like four different varietals we were gonna go to market with, but after the taste test, we ended up only going with two, wow. which was a really good decision, and I'm still working on the, the other ones down the road, but, um, yeah, the taste test process was a lot of fun. <laughs> we'll be doing Crazy. it again soon, yeah. All so right. stay tuned. Yes, we can do a live podcast from there, you know, just that to would, help That you would out. be so much fun. <laughs> I mean, that would be so much you fun. You need people to taste wine. <laughs> we, we're kind of professional at this. I don't know. <laughs> or at least we do it a lot. <laughs> I love that, that you, like, really use your customer base mm-hmm. to help you pick the wine that they would be drinking. I mean... What's well, for them? Consumer development. Yeah. It really is. It's for them. It's by them. And I love that I can, you know, say like, here's your wine that you mm-hmm. help develop. It's, That's super yeah, cool. it's fun. That's amazing. So okay, from the sparkling wine, then you go, you just launched a rosé yes. in the spring. Yes. And it's got a really cool story behind it. So. So it last August I had a family reunion in Charleston, and it was the first one that I been to I'd been kind of um busy, busy doing stuff <laughs> but they've been so my I have this cousin who's she's in her 70s now and after her mother died she was cleaning out the attic and she came across all of these family documents and her mother had done an extensive um done extensive research on her family tree and family history and so my cousin picked it up picked up where she left off and started really connecting people and so now she puts on these amazing like multi-day family reunions in charleston we have our last one last august was over 200 people came from all over the world france haiti all over the country canada and just every everywhere it's it's pretty awesome and i was so inspired um, by our family story that I decided I needed to come out with a rosé. So here's here's the story. So back in the late 1700s, um, one of my ancestors, um, Philippe Noisset, moved from France to Haiti. He was a horticulturalist. He did a lot of gardening and um, a lot of scientific blending of different types of plants and stuff for... Um, for the French government. And so he moves from France to Haiti, and he he's a white guy, and he marries this black Haitian woman when he's there. <clears throat> then the French, uh, then the rebellion happens, the slave uprisings, and they're like, oh, we gotta get out of, we gotta get out of here. And he had an invitation from the like botanical medical garden in South Carolina to go work there. So he takes his wife and he moves to South Carolina. And when he gets there, they're like, hey, uh, she's this black lady living in her house. This means she's your slave, because you can't be 
you can't have, um, you there's know, no there's no interracial marriage, like there's none of, none of that. So he had to claim his wife as a slave, and when they had children, his children were also claimed as slaves. Um, and apparently that didn't sit well with him, as I would expect. Um, you would hope. Yeah, so um, kind of fast forward over time, and he's, he petitioned the legislature in South Carolina to emancipate his family continuously, and it was denied a lot. Um, and during his time at the Medical Society, um, he and his neighbor created um, a, a blend of a rose. And so Philippe sent like it back rose, to the flower. Like the flower, okay. yeah. So he's working on, um, yeah. So they cre- create this flower that blossoms and thrives in tropical climates. It's a climbing rose. It's really like hearty, very fragrant. And unlike your typical rose that you get on like, uh, you know, Valentine's Day with all the big, tight um, petals, these have really small, delicate petals and they are wider and more broad. So um, they're, they're really just they're beautiful. Anyway, so he sends it back. He sends this rose back over to his brother in France and his brother starts taking this rose and creating all kinds of other types of roses from it. And so that whole string of roses are called the Noisette Roses. And they have a lot of French names and some are named after the neighbor that, you know, got the ball rolling and started the first rose of this type. Um, But the rose is, is just kind of symbolic of our family heritage and family tree. And you'll see them in Charleston all over the place and in gardens and, and everything. Incredible. Yeah. So the rose, the rose is kind of his legacy when it comes to his work. But I think the most beautiful part about his legacy is that after he died, his family was emancipated. And it was based on these love letters that he you know, basically wrote to the legislature. So they were able to live as free, free people in South Carolina. They could inherit property. Um, it's just a, a really beautiful love story that um, inspired me to create um, the rosé. So it's called the Noisette Rosé, and on the label there's a really pretty... Um, I'll grab, grab the bottle. Okay. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. there's a really pretty um, image of, of the rose, and um, we had a really cool release party last April. My cousin came. We had a storyteller tell the oh, story. Oh, she was there. Oh, it sounds incredible. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I actually got noise at roses. There's a I'm like really curious to see a picture. Like when we do this podcast and we post it, we should do something in our Facebook. Oh, like yeah. the cover photo you. should be yeah. the the rose. I'll send you a picture. Yes, yeah, so those are kind of my um, graphically enhanced <laughs> versions. <laughs> but I'll send you a picture of the actual roses. So they're hard to get in the United States. They're all over Europe, but in the U.S., there was only one place I could find that actually had them, and it was in Gainesville, Florida. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so they sent them over, and so you, you saw them, um, Heidi, when mm-hmm. you were at our yeah. release party. I actually wasn't there because I was taking my level one exam. Oh, that's right, exam. you were there. I'm sorry, <laughs> you came, you like, came, you've been in since yes, when we had them at the store. Yes, I know. So, yeah. but this is a still wine. It's a still, still. rosé. Okay. And yes. all the other wines that you've done so far have been sparkling. sparkling. So yes. tell us about the differences between those two processes. Like once oh. you decided to make a rosé, oh, yes. what were some of the decisions that went into that? Oh, the rosé part. I, I mean, I really relied on our winemaker, Andreas, to help develop this. And so I took my team out to Oregon last September, right um, around harvest time. And these had already been harvested from the year before. Okay. So, yeah, so this one was already, like, in development, hadn't been bottled yet. 
and um, Andreas had all kinds of samples for us, for my entire team from the shop. And so we were tasting things and giving him comments back. And then um, this is what this is what we have here. It's got no residual sugar, which is kind of a hallmark of what I guess my taste profile is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dry rosé. I like, <laughs> I like dry dry wine. So even our Merseco, no residual sugar. Mermosa, the only sweetness you're getting is from the splash of organic orange and pineapple juice. So it's, you know, on, for, for a mixed wine, it's very low in sugars. And so this rosé also is no residual sugar. But it's got a very strong floral component. So it really fits with the essence of our, um, you know, family history and the rosé. It just it, it means a lot. Is it a blend of grapes? It's just Pinot Noir grapes. Oh, Pinot Noir grapes. Yeah. Okay. Rosé Pinot Noir, those are Delicious. popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so... The, one, of, one of the many cool things about wine is that there's a story behind every glass. And if you can find out the story behind how it's, it's usually a labor of love or, you know, there's some really cool story behind every bottle. And mm-hmm. That's a really special one. Thank you. Thank you. I, I did sample some other rosés that were in development from some other vineyards nearby, but I was really fortunate that Andreas's was like the perfect fit for what we were trying to achieve and had, yeah, rosés are all over the place, mm-hmm. you know? I had one down in Miami recently at a, at a fashion show, and I thought I was just drinking like water. <laughs> very light. That's a common complaint that I have of them. So I like the more extracted, darker mm-hmm. ones that are super aromatic, really, really good flavor. And we've joked several times, I think, on the podcast, if not just in mm-hmm. our studies, of when people say, oh, I don't like rosé. It's like, which well, one? Well, that's like saying yeah, I don't exactly. like all of these different grapes. They're so different. and they It's, it's a method. It's not just a single type of wine, so... You can make rosé with Grenache, Pinot Noir. I mean, there's so many different grapes that you can, you know, it's like, what yeah. wine do you like? You and can it's probably made, get a rosé made all over it. the world in pretty much every single wine growing region in every country. So to say you don't like rosé, you mean like, you mean not any of them? There's like millions <laughs> of them. <laughs> I didn't think I liked rosé. <laughs> Until I, this. <laughs> I will say, I differentiate though between dry rosé, like in my opinion, when I say rosé, and this might be because I'm a snobby fiend about it. But <laughs> rosé to me should always be dry. If it's not dry, it shouldn't be called rosé. I think it should be called blush. You know, like, I like, let, that. like let's I just like differentiate. That. Let's start the movement. Rosé yes. means dry. Blush means sweet. Yes, yes I'm, on, I'm on team rosé. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, I can't wait to try that one. It looks beautiful if you can thank judge you. a wine by the label it looks thank you yeah <laughs> and that's most people man. do yeah. <laughs> that's story like oh i cry so easily these days i'm like don't I do know. it don't do it <laughs> yeah. it's not <laughs> yeah that is an amazing story have you considered writing a book <laughs> my cousin wrote a book about that uh, yeah it's not quite as hers is very much like this is this is the document that says this and here's you know what the um you know, obituary set or what yeah, hers is very much like a scientific non like nonfiction. A, co- a collection of a collection, yeah. yeah. Um but somebody novel. Yeah, somebody in our family needs to do a movie or something. Oh yeah. It would be yeah. an incredible novelization. Yeah. And I could see it in your yeah. bookstore, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> with the ulterior motives for sure. With a rose <laughs> launch party. I don't know. Oh my god. I have a lot of ideas. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> Like going back to the sweet versus dry, because 
I'm a brand ambassador for Desiree, and so I do a lot of events with you. Yes. And I get the reaction of the public when they're tasting, and you know, mm-hmm. their first thing that they think is going to be sweet. Yes. And it's so funny to watch them after they, oh, it's dry. I mean, nine out of ten people. That's their reaction. It's still amazing oh, to me that that's still so prevalent. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Heidi. I've been a brand ambassador before. Mm-hmm. And it, I would say my experience with tasting the public on the rosé completely matches yours. Yeah. Wow. Everyone still thinks that pink wine is sweet wine. And it's, oh. it's really the exception rather than the rule anymore. So tell all your friends, pink wine is dry, <laughs> generally. And I think we have an, a, kind of a, a, another burden to get to get past with the public because we're a Florida winery. And mm-hmm. so when people think of a Florida winery, they think we're making, you know, blueberry wine or, oh, yeah. or something like, that, you know, pineapple mm-hmm. wine. I actually had a, a representative from a very large distributor laugh in my face about my orange wine, my orange juice oh. wine. Oh. Uh, he hadn't even tasted it. He hadn't seen the bottle or tasted it or anything. But that's, you know, that's kind of the starting point um, about wine. There could be a lot know. of snobbery in this industry, and it's really yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, well, it's loss. It's really good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm very, very happy with how it turned out. And, you know, as Joe called it, it's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> so... So where can people find it besides at Mermosa? Where can yes. they get your wines at around we, town? We have very limited distribution right now. We've been focusing on direct to consumer, and frankly, we just didn't have the the infrastructure to support do you wine self, distribution. Do you self distribute, or do I you can't. work with? Okay. Yeah, we're not a Florida farm winery, so I I can't. I have a small distributor called Inquest Wine and Spirits. Okay. And um, right now, we're sold to the Big Catch. Um, which is over, uh, I should know the address, but it's over near where the Coast Guard Station is in South St. Pete. Oh, on the water. Ta- shark Tales. It used to be Fishtails. Fishtails. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, the, they've got like... Oh, they just they, they yeah. re- rebranded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they completely renovated it. The menu yeah. is incredible. So yeah, we're over there. We're at, um, right around the corner, it's an arcade brewery yeah, over on Central. I, yeah, I know, I know that place. I've been yeah. there. <laughs> um, we're at the Surf Style in Clearwater Beach, right in the middle, the one that has the Flow Rida. Um, and then we're in a few other places, um, like in Gainesville and Ocala and Sarasota. But I'd say we're probably at like 10 locations other than ours. Not not any place big like mm-hmm. ABC or Publix yet. But, and you know. Pacific. Which what? one? The one on 600 Pacific. Pacific Counter? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. How could I, how could I not mention <laughs> Pacific Counter? Oh, my gosh. Yes, Pacific Counter is doing something really cool yes. with our Mermosas. They have a Dole Whip machine, mm-hmm. and they do Mermosa Dole Whip floats. They and are they're, so good. They are so good. That's it's, a great partnership. Oh, yeah. I haven't been there to try that yet, but I remember you telling me about it, Heidi, yeah. and I was like, there's probably... <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't say that, because I eat there like three times a week. <laughs> That's probably why. You just think about it as your own yeah. kitchen. Of course yeah. I have Mermosa in my kitchen. I'm a regular. <laughs> Pacific Counter is great. It's so good. So yeah. what are your like what are your plans? Do you see Mermosa getting broader distribution? Do you see it being like a local St. Pete institution? What what are you what are your dreams for it? Well, I would love for it to have broader distribution, but the reality is um, for us to really hit like a national national distribution level, it would be tough without us having our own facility. Um, in Florida. Um, If we move our operations to Oregon, 
that would mm-hmm. change the numbers mm-hmm. dramatically, and then that would be a real possibility. Um, but for now, I'm really just focusing on St. Pete and the Florida market. We're like the third or fourth largest sparkling wine market in the country anyway, so I feel like we're in a really good spot to start. And I love St. Pete, and I feel like we've, you know, we've got a good ball rolling. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's it's a fun journey, that's for sure. <laughs> and what about other wines? Are you able to tell us what's any sneak oh, coming? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have. We're really seeing um, three reds this fall. Really? Oh, yes. Okay. I'm really excited. Yeah. So October, November, and December. And we're doing some amazing collaborations with fashion designers for all of the packaging. Oh, neat. So, yeah, one one of the designers we're working with is Robert Graham. I don't know if you're familiar with his stuff, but he does all these, like, really wild um, prints for men's shirts primarily, but he just released a women's line that we're picking up in our shop. So, cool. How um, fun is that? Yeah, it's really, it's really fun. Um, another line we're working with on that is called Anna Lily. They're a South Florida-based designer, and she does a lot of really fun, like, tropical, tropical kind of prints. Um, and then another one I'm really excited about is this really talented designer that was on Project Runway, <clears throat> Andrew yeah. Snyder. Oh. And he makes these, like crisp white shirts your kind of your standard oxford shirt but then he does some kind of twist to it so it'll be like a button-up shirt that's got like the back open or like the shoulders are out or um and they're just really well well made um exceptional quality and his fabric is gonna blow your mind um it has this anti red wine like we're somehow repellent woven into the thread what that yes i swear (laughs) i swear yes like Um, i wear so much black and dark colors specifically because my swirls are enthusiastic sometimes i'll show you i'll show you the video on my phone after this when we were at um at the trade show when we first met him but it's it, what's really cool about it is you, you can have, like, waterproof clothing, but it's usually hot. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. usually, like, a rain jacket, right? Yeah. That exists. Yeah, you're going to sweat. I already right. sweat in Florida. I don't need right? extra reason to sweat. Right. <laughs> right. So in a lot of the, like, shirts that were more lightweight that had this kind of characteristics in the, characteristic in the past had a film painted on, and his is woven into the fabric. So it's not hot. It's breathable. It's comfortable. It's yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So that's going to be our October release, and the wine that we're pairing with him is um, most likely. I think it'll be ready in time. Our Maréchal Foch. So your what? It's a Maréchal Foch. Oh. It's a red. Really? It's delicious. I'm not familiar with this I'm one. Are you ladies? I want to say it might be Greek. A Greek grape. I thought it was a French. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'll no, ask Andreas. I don't know. know. I don't, but I know I'll yeah. end. I know I'll end. Yeah, you, you've intrigued me because yeah. Yeah. So teach us I've been new. studying and drinking wine for 13 years, and the reason why I keep doing it is I keep finding things I've never heard of, and I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, are they growing awesome. this in Oregon? It's already been grown in Oregon. Yep. Yeah, this is one that, that our winemaker has already been working with, and it's one of my favorites that he's been doing for cool. a very long time, you know, 30 Oregon's years or so. Great. They're so cutting edge. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, you know, no, 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 uh, I probably shouldn't go here. We might edit this out. I don't know. <laughs> but I was going to say, no insult to UC Davis, but what doesn't get any love at all is the program and the brilliance that Oregon has. Um, and I think it's University of Oregon that has the I think that's part of it. program. You know, in, yeah. in, in, in certain areas, 
they're ahead of UC Davis, but nobody knows this. Like no one knows that Oregon in some ways has better technology and better yeah. resources and more uh, just brilliance in it than, yeah. than California and UC Davis does. So the approach is totally different. And this is something I think you're spot on. And this is something I learned during this whole process, you know, California kind of like giving me the kick in the pants and mm-hmm. saying like, get out of here with that. Um, Oregon has this symposium every January. It's the Oregon Wine Symposium. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but it's... Doesn't it have, like, a more colloquial name, like Steamboat no. something? The Steamboat Conference there might or be, whatever? There might be another one, but the Oregon, okay. Wine, the Oregon Wine Symposium, it's put on in Portland, and I had the pleasure of attending with Joe Dobbs and Andreas Wetzel. And let me tell you, walking through that facility with the two of them, it was like <laughs> their celebrities oh, yeah. getting... It was amazing. But it's, you know... It's a bunch of industry people sharing their knowledge. So I'd say every two to three hours, the bars would open up in all of the corners of the um, of the convention center, and it would be different wineries sharing experiments that they had done with winemaking. They might change the CO2 levels, or they might, you know, use a certain filter, or something. But they're sharing all this information, and the reason why they do it is, be- and, and the reason why Oregon has come so far in such a short period of time is because they share the information. And they see that if everybody is learning and growing this region together, they're all gonna, you know, be successful. Yeah. And so it's just a completely different approach on on business operations, you know, mm-hmm. sharing the information, which some people might consider trade secrets. You know, they, I think they really feel like marketing is kind of the hardest part. And if you're <laughs> willing to put in the effort to, <laughs> to sell your wine, then all boats rise together. Yes. Kind of thing. So then we're going to make sure the wine is excellent and that our region is known for having excellent wines. So, so cool. Yeah. I feel like St. Pete has that philosophy absolutely. a lot of times, you yeah, know, absolutely. we're not out to get our neighbors no. and, yeah. you know, we're, let's collaborate, let's share, let's, you know, just because I, we have similar concepts doesn't mean we can't combine forces mm-hmm. and make things happen. And, right. You know, th- those are my favorite parts about St. Pete. The reason I love that it's still local and how we're going to keep it local. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, you can't, the, the second you get weird and isolated and secretive is the second things aren't going to last. Right. <laughs> it's true. It is very true. Our consumer base here doesn't respond well to cattiness. No, <laughs> yeah, which I, which I really love. don't. I really love that. don't. You really don't. Yeah. <laughs> this has been fun. Yeah. No, this such fascinating stories. I like know. I've I've never known someone to be like, I'm gonna do this, pick up a phone, cold <laughs> call somebody, and all of a sudden you're flying to Oregon and making wine. Like <laughs> my brain is still trying to wrap around this a little oh, bit. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long ago did you start this? Like, when, when was it? I don't think I've, or if you said July it, I don't 2017. So, this has just been the last two years. Yes. And we brought this to market like lightning fast. Yeah. Because you're already on your third line, and four, five, and six are coming in the next two months, three months. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. So, question about the rugs. You said that the reds you couldn't give them away what is going oh. to make your your reds different because i'm sure there's something different yes 
That's a, that's a good question. So when we were giving them away in the store, people were shopping during the day. It's not like they were taking it home mm-hmm. to enjoy at night. Mm-hmm. And so I think our wines will... I mean, you still go to the grocery store and buy red wines. Yeah. So our business model has changed now that we can actually sell wine. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I don't know that... I mean, they're going to be excellent. They're going to be great wine, <laughs> you know, great wines. But I don't know that they're really going to be um, that much different. I think what's just changed is that how we sell them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes you know? sense. Because we weren't selling them before. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't seen the Mimosa wines yet, take a look at them. I mean, drink them also. But take a look yes. at them because the bottle and the design is just... Thank you. It's so St. Pete, first of all. <laughs> and I love Thank that you. you're doing the partnership with the designers. Like, what a, a cool niche to fill thank you yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun and they're really excited about doing something you know new how do you balance your time as a business owner between the winery aspect and the bathing suit designing aspect it has been so hard um so many things about how we operate have changed over the past you know year since we we released our first wines last april um, so it's been a little over a year. Um, it has been a, an, a learning experience and a really steep learning curve from the regulatory oversight. I've been audited, I don't know, four times that I can remember at this wow. moment. Some of them are, are you know, did, oh, that doesn't even include just when they show up to inspect. <laughs> mm-hmm. That happens too. Um, so all of the, you know, health department, the Florida State stuff, you know, stuff, um, Managing that has been a really big part of my time. So I've had to, um, I've actually handed over my retail ops um, to a really, really excellent um, business mogul, my friend Janine. Um, and so she stepped into that role in June. So it's only been about a month since I've not been, you know, kind of plugging all the holes with like my toes and my fingers. <laughs> I know, I see like every place, you're, you'll be one place here and then like, an hour later, you'll be like somewhere completely like a, across town or another county or something. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, it makes me tired. <laughs> <laughs> and we also, I mean, we tried doing a lot of things. I mean, you asked about distribution and seeing things. The, um, you know, the tough part about being a small brand is get, you know, the marketing aspect of it. And um, I don't have like a team that you know, a marketing company that goes and does all these events. We don't, we're just not budgeted for that. So it's brand ambassadors and me and my husband and, you know, we get babysitters and we go schlep all this wine to places and do, do events. And I dress up in a mermaid, you know, it's, it's time consuming and it's, um, it's been a, it's been a challenge. So I can't say that I've had a balance at all. In June, we had, um, a share our annual shareholders meeting and we decided to cut back in some areas and, one of them was the distribution side because mm-hmm. of all the marketing time that that has really drawn away from our retail ops. Um, it's It's been really tough. And so we really want to get back to focusing on the in-store experience and the Mermosa brand because I feel like that's where our core experience happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so cutting out, you know, that part and saying we're only going to be able to distribute X, you know, X amount and that's it. Um, that has already given me like some sanity in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a weekend off. No, <laughs> you yes. first one. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the last time I had a weekend off, and it's um, yeah, it's because we've said okay, we're gonna bring in a GM 
they can really just take care of the day-to-day ops. There's so many little little things at the store and big things that need to be done. And um, then I can focus on new product development, you know, the marketing side of things and, um, you know, kind of the big picture strategic things. So, so yeah, cool. so I feel like now maybe I'm getting balance. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. It's a lot to be juggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I, and I think I've, I've learned that some of the most successful businesses just do what they do best, and that's all they do. And so for us, it's really creating um, this. We did this really this, well. Now let's throw this a challenge into the rest of right? <laughs> <Into Yeah>. the <laughs> Right? So, yeah, we just kind of want to, like, fine-tune, fine-tune it so that it's a cohesive experience. And, you know, I think we're getting there. Well, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, everything. Thank we're you. excited to watch you guys grow. Um, I love my bathing suit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming good. in to get my bathing suit, too. Yeah, good, good. So you can find Mimosa at 400 Beach Suite 161. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Desiree? We just, this is a really big development for us, we just signed on with a third party that can ship our wine out of state. So now I'd say this fall, once we get all of our packaging stuff and all the, you know, when it's not so hot and we can start shipping again, um, we'll be able to ship to almost 40 states. This has been one of our biggest challenges as a, you know, tourism-based economy. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. get ready for holiday gifts. We'll have some really pretty gift sets. That's awesome. Yeah, well, doing that on Beach Drive, I mean... Congrats, yeah, congrats to Thank that. Thank you. It's a, yeah, it's a really big deal because before we could only ship in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah, now we can ship to your family and friends out of state. Wow. Great development. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, guys, I'm me. ready to drink some rosé. Are you ready? <laughs> Yay, let's do it. <laughs> some noisette rosé. <laughs> hey, cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much, Desiree. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>